Welcome to Uncontained. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and on the show today, it is part two of Gustavo Bulgach from the band Klezmer Juice, and we continue the conversation right where we left off last week as he's talking about what music means to him and uh, what he thinks the purpose of music is. And uh, we also jump back into talking a little bit about uh, playing on the set of Wedding Crashers along with the final five questions that I ask all my guests on every show. So that's all coming up. I won't keep you waiting any longer. I already kept you waiting a week. So please let me know what you think of the episode, what you think of two-part episodes right here on Uncontained, and yeah, this time, I promise, I won't keep you any, I won't keep you waiting any longer. This is Gustavo Bulgach from Klezmer Juice, part two on Uncontained. I, I got a question for you here. I, well, actually, it's bringing it back. Before the show started, we were talking for a minute. You were saying what you thought music was about and what the purpose of music was exactly okay what i said to you before is that through my own experience because you know my grandfather introduced us to music and then he gave us some instruments and then we were playing in family events and everything related with music was the synonymous of of love and, and unity and really lovely images i mean you know uh, I think that music is like an arrowhead. You know, music or any cultural event for any ethnic group acts like an arrowhead and opens up trenches for the rest of the culture to go through. Why? Because this is what I do with Klezmer Juice, and that's why I'm saying that Klezmer is just a platform and it's not my whole thing. Because what I do with Klezmer Jews is I play for a lot of people who don't know what a Jew looks like or Jewish music is about. They never seen anything or they have wrong ideas or they hate for some reason. And then when they come to the show and they dance the blues away and they celebrate whatever it is and they find that what they dancing to is a beat that they can relate and the boompa, boompa, boompa and the waltz and the stuff they immediately drop the guns and it will be impossible for them to hate the people. When you love the music, you cannot hate the people. That's why America had not killed out of this racist rage all the African-Americans because the African-American music is beloved by white and blacks alike. Yeah, Everybody in the world loves the African-American music to the bone, to the bone that they, you know, white kids want to be like black kids and always been the same story. And that's why the African-American experience survived and and evolves and is still the arrowhead. It's still far away. Uh, And when rap started and when I was playing at the House of Blues, it was so controversial (laughs) that some people hated it and some people were like, hey, you hate it because you don't understand. It's true. You know, whatever the the path is for the African-American experience, is it was always, always avant-garde, always ahead of the time. 
Definitely. And and to go along with your point that, you know, if you like somebody's music, it's hard to hate them. Rarely ever do you hear somebody be like, dude, I love that guy's music, but I hate him, you know? No, I even heard I even heard experiences where people go to performers and go like, I can't believe I have to I used to hate these Greeks or I used to hate these Turks or I used to hate these Iraqis or I used to hate these Iranians or I used to hate these uh, Egyptians or these Israelis or whatever. And then this music is sick, man. You guys are sick. You tell the guy is flipped. He's flipping. He's flipping out. It's like he's rediscovering his true self and transforming the energy of hate into love because the opposite of love is not hate is indifference okay why do you break up with your girlfriend because you feel nothing towards her you don't feel you hate her as much as you hate her you're gonna transform and love her <laughs> but when that energy is out love is like a chocolate cake when the <laughs> cake is over the love is gone <laughs> I, I like that. I like that. You you have like so many great quotes in this interview, man. I know. I'm amazed myself. You need to write a book of just like analogies, quotes, like instead of like Aesop's fables, it's uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Gustavo's quotes. Um, I don't know. It doesn't quite have the same ring to it, but we'll 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 work on it and get it. Whatever whatever is uh, fresh is good. Definitely. Before I get to like my final questions here, I want to go back to Wedding Crashers really quick because we never really wrapped that up. Um, how long was it until you figured out that uh, they weren't trying to prank you? Well, when when we went to the uh, to the set, which was like a four a.m. call, and uh, I think the Jewish wedding where we were supposed to participate was the first thing. So we walk into the set and set up the band, of course, without the sound. Uh, but the the guitar player and the bass player had the amps. And I had a fake mic and we had the drummer. So we were pretty much acoustic. And imagine, you know, 5, 5.30 a.m., all these extras and all these people and whatever and uh, it's cold and dark and they trying lights and the and the uh, um, uh, director is walking with the uh, with the camera trying to get the angle and la 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 and nothing is happening and you know musicians they start playing yeah. and la 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 and they, we, we, one thing leads to the other so we start playing really sick upbeat wedding music at 5 30 in the morning and all the actors and the extras start dancing like it's happening <laughs> And the director said, cut, I don't want this to happen. And I was like, oh, my God, now he's going to fire me without a shooting. So let's throw the camera and start rolling. This is sick. <laughs> so in the beginning, they were supposed to play back the music we recorded. But then he was like, no, you guys play it. So they put the camera inside of the clarinet. And that's how the scene started. And then we play, I don't know, four hours of that. You know, every time had to be like really full on and full on. So a great idea turned into like, oh, my God, again. Yeah, back to one, back to one. So, you know, and but it was fun because every time they call cut, you know, I know Vince since the 90s. So I was hanging out with him and he was asking me questions and making me really look good. And 
And Owen Wilson also was hanging out with us. And, you know, it was like a Hollywood moment. This is wonderful. Yeah. These people are wonderful. And and you feel like, oh, this is going to last for only two days. Oh, how can I leave this situation forever? You know? <laughs> and, oh, well, you know, whatever. Whatever. But at that moment, it, it, was a, it was a shooting, you know. So it's a lot of waiting and a lot of hours, long hours of nothing and but you know, we did our part, and it was fun, and everybody was very pleased, including ourselves. And then uh, that was it. And then months and months go by, and then the uh, musical supervisor called me to advise him on a different project. So oh, yeah. talking to him, I said, "So whatever happened with the Wedding Crashers? Oh, they're editing and stuff, and you know, whatever it's gonna come up in uh, in uh, I don't know January." All right, or oh, for Christmas, whatever. And it was like, how weird, because Christmas is coming up pretty soon and nothing happens. So what happened was they decided to delay the release of the uh, of the movie to the following summer. And it was like a summer movie. So when it came out, uh, we were blown away. Like, what? Yeah, the movie, the movie. Then I started getting emails from Blue Line Cinema, New Line Cinema inviting us to the premiere nice. and offering us to play while there was the red carpet and uh we probably gonna open in uh, whatever you guys should come and and uh and we did an event for them and then lead to another event and then lead to another event and they re they let me uh they were in pain almost anything they were just giving us a little tip to the musicians but what happened was you know, going back to Benny Mopin, I went to get guidance and I said, I don't think it's fair. These people are using us and we're getting nothing out of it. Yeah. And he said, dude, this is going to be the number one movie and you're going to be attached to it. So you can never afford the promotion. He said, being in the tail of the horse is more important than being the head of the rat. <laughs> and run with that wild horse as, as a little, you know, tick in the tail is more important than anything else then the soundtrack got nominated for a grammy and then you know whatever and then they tripled the amount of expectation in money and, and fame and everybody was happy and we were happy and they allowed me to use my my they even sent me the official uh movie scenes where we are in the movie yeah so i can use them to promote it's wonderful. And from like having really very little bookings to really go around the world and, and, and share, you know, what we were doing and release another album and another one. And, you know, it, it, it became really important for us. It was like a, a, a big, you know, it was that train of that's what I'm saying. You know, I, at that moment, I didn't know we were running such at such speed, but to jump into the train of opportunity in the movie with such a, 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 a negative energy, you know, yeah. that this, this will be a prank or whatever, you know, it's just my, my, I was such an arrogant, uh, you know, reactor, you know, <laughs> you know, until I realized that, that it doesn't matter. What matters is the opportunity. It doesn't matter if you make it happen or not. What happens, what, what matters is they give you an opportunity to do this. You've done it. Then is somebody else's fortune or whatever, your party's done. 
you know yeah definitely man so that sounds like a crazy time on set it would have been awesome to be one of the extras in the crowd uh dancing along to you guys playing on the wedding crashers it was awesome because you know it was like it was really i mean you know when you the, it wasn't a, a real wedding it was actors so they were acting yeah but they were acting like they were really into it so you think they were really into it but they were acting so when you're among really good actors you don't believe you were acting we are there you know what i'm saying yeah definitely do it is just it's this very magical thing it's this very you know the manifestation of a great performance I'm trying to describe this um, in it's being an hour and 25 minutes, but I don't think I can be accurate enough to uh, to really, you know, to express, you know, the gratitude I have for having such a moment. I have this sorrow too, deep sorrow. I mean, you know, I told you about Austin and, you know, it's this it's tremendous moments of darkness, but uh, it has to complement. Yeah, you know, definitely. Uh, as you mentioned, we are at like an hour 25 right now, and I haven't even gotten into my closing questions yet. Uh, so this will probably end up being a two-part episode. And uh, because, uh, you know, we've covered a lot in this episode. You have so many great stories about working at the House of Blues and on the Wedding Crashers. You want to hear the most important story to wrap up the whole House of Blues experience. Yes. You know what was the most profound benefit I got? What was that? Not touring. I stayed home. I had my baby in 97, and I was able to, along with my wife, Cynthia, really raise our own kid and not rely on the third parties. You know, yeah. we, were, we were taking the kid everywhere, man. And I'm telling you, everywhere, imagine everywhere. My daughter learned how to walk at the House of Blues. Wow. I'm telling you pretty much everything. She was there with me first on the bassinet, on the car or whatever. She was with my wife on set. We had the tremendous opportunity to have a beautiful daughter who had been with us uh, and we being, you know, participant of her education and growth. And that to me is you know, I have seen so many great musicians who tell me, like, man, I'm on the road, you know, all the time. I don't get time to see anybody, and they're heartbroken. Yeah, yeah, that'd have you to know? be tough, and that's amazing that you could still do what uh, you loved and be there to raise that child and with your family. You got to do everything. There's no nose. You know, if you got to wear this tree outfit to be able to perform, okay, you're a tree today. <laughs> if tomorrow you're going to be a tomato, you're going to be a tomato. But when you really have no nose and you get the best out of everything, you is start trusting yourself, which is what, what, what the, the golden coin I want to pass to you and to all your audience is that you drop the no, drop the ego, and treasure yourself and you'll be rewarded with people that think alike that vibe alike and have energy like you and those people exist and those people have to connect don't wait for people to come to you because that's called lazy yeah you no. get you comfy on the couch but that's about it you never comfy on the couch <laughs>
<laughs> you never can't be on the couch. Very true. Very true. <laughs> All right, man. So, um, now, now this is the portion of the show to help uh, people who are looking to get into the entertainment and industry, or maybe get started in music. So, from your perspective, for somebody who's looking to get started as a musician, uh or take their music career to the next level, what would be your advice for them? Find a mentor. Okay. Find a mentor. Find a mentor. Your mentor, your true mentor will guide you, and you will feel the need to please your mentor because you want to fulfill his vision as your own. If he says learn, you will learn. If he says challenge yourself, there's no rainy days, but out of your own life, you may succeed for a few weeks, but then your own mind will be your worst enemy. But if you put your trust on your mentor, with that unbelievable trust, you will trust yourself. That makes sense, definitely. And it's easy, it's easier to let yourself down than to let somebody else down that you respect. Your mind is the weakest link in your life. Your liver has more strength than your brain because <laughs> it only does positive things yeah. and then one day it dies. But your brain goes back and forth and it tricks you into not accomplishing what you have to accomplish in order for you to be happy, which is not the final destination, but it's the journey itself. Yes, right? definitely. When is the moment of ecstasy with a girl? It's not when you're in bed with her, but it's when you first kiss her. When you guys embrace each other in the first kiss, that's 100%. Very true. Very true, man. Yeah. You sweat cold. You go like, oh, my God. <laughs> right? It's the anticipation leading like, up to it. Everything. It, the big wave crashes in the first kiss. doesn't crash in sex. Sex it might be a, 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 a you know an extension of all that if you are young and energetic enough, but but the truth of the matter is the the conquering is 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 happening at the embracement. It doesn't happen at at the sexual act. So when you grab the girl and she grabs you and you kiss each other and you feel that she feels you, and uh, and you grab her and she grabs you and you go like, this is it. <laughs> Yes, yeah. definitely. And then you want to continue that endlessly. But this is it. How many times did you embrace a girl? You kissed her and you go like, this is not it. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Next. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But but you just kissed me. Yeah, but that wasn't uh, what I thought it would be. It's God. not you. It's me. Exactly. Or the same thing can happen to yeah. her. And you just got to accept and go like, she's not into me. Okay, fine. Find somebody who's into Very you. true, man. Very true. Right? Suffering for love. Oh, what a waste of time. And who wants to be a waste? Nobody. Nobody, man. The Jewish thing. Who wants to be a waste? I hope you will not be a waste. Do not consider yourself a waste ever. And find yourself a mentor. Find yourself somebody who whose words and deeds are your own. And you go like, I am not going to walk this path, but I'm going to walk along with this path. Because Benny Maupin, in this case, can give me guidance of what had happened when he made it yeah. happen. But it's not as today. 
Today I have to make it happen in manifest in a different way. And that goes for young people. Manifestation. Give, don't get. Give, give. Change your your mindset from getting into giving because we are born and we're getting a lot and we're thinking that naturally we have to get. But who's giving to us for us to get? It's somebody who's changing from getting for, to giving. So if it's your mom and your dad and the world, one day you have to do the switch. So the earlier you do the switch, the energy flows. You cannot, you know, like solar energy doesn't store for too long, so you use it yeah. or lose it. Okay, energy in your life is like that. Use it or lose it. You cannot store energy and go like, oh, tomorrow I'm going to be like much hornier than today. <laughs> no, just use it today. Tomorrow we'll, we'll see tomorrow. But you yeah, know what definitely. I'm saying? If you really want to put 100%. Definitely, man. And 100%. And, and, and somebody else's experience is so important to your life when you can understand that that experience enriches my life. You don't have to do that experience to enrich your own life. And secondly, everything is positive. Everything is It's up to you to find it. Yeah. It's up to you to find it. That's the challenge in life. That's, I hate to say people are intelligent. That intelligence to me is nothing. It means nothing is a word that is like love. There's so many approaches to it that we can never agree. So I can never call people intelligent or less intelligent or uh, judge intelligence. What I judge is the energy that lives in the core of your life. And if you have none, you have to get some. And when you and if you do have some, transform that negative into positive because you already have the energy. As much as you hate, you can love. So if you hate me, go find somebody you can love with the same intensity, but don't stay in here. <laughs> Very right? true, man. That's definitely good advice right there, man. Uh, don't waste your time the human hating. Condition, two legs. Walk. America is a beautiful country because if you like to be in Miami, you can move to Miami. If you like to live in Atlanta, you can move to Atlanta. If you like to live, you can move there. There's so many angles. One more thing. I really uh, was a big fan of Gato Barbieri, another legendary okay. sax player who unfortunately died. And then I got connected with these people who were doing uh, shooting a uh, documentary about, about Gato Barbieri, and they wanted to interview me. And, you know, one of the questions of this really wise lady who I had a tremendous great time with her, she said, so you see any Gato Barbieri's today? And my answer was like, I see millions of them. How so? Some of them are not activated at the moment. Some of them are already active. But there will be no one exactly like Ato Barbieri, but there will be many with the same passion, energy, and dedication. And that's what is worth of the art form of Gato Barbieri who's left behind is that inspires people to take the challenge. And if your life is a, a dirt road, a stone cobblestone road, or a paved road, or a beautiful road, is that's a manifestation. But hey, you know, 
definitely great advice that everybody can use. All three segments of that were pretty much Gustavo Gold right there. We'll, we'll go with that. That can be the name of your uh, Gustavo Gold uh, can be the name of your quote book. Yeah, I truly appreciate it. I, I, you know, otherwise, if I keep all these things to myself, uh, what, I'm, what is it good for? Nothing. You know, nothing. It, it will it will dry up in my own yeah. brain. So I'm sharing it with you. Most of the musicians you will encounter or people in general, we have beautiful, amazing stories to tell you only if they open up their hearts to the unknown, to the who knows who's going to hear or listen to your podcast. Yeah. Maybe nobody, maybe a million people, but the openness of you know the urge to give i have an urge to give because i realize that if i don't give i never get anything i don't get anything back and if you don't get anything it's like not eating if you don't need you don't get the nutrients right yeah very true man um, and I appreciate you opening up and sharing right here on Uncontained with me and my audience, the five people who listen. That's the answer to your we question. Will we will grow. <laughs> five people in Squakigi, Illinois. It will grow. The best is not yet here. Exactly. So what are you doing right now to promote yourself? I do a bunch of things. You know, social media. Okay, end of the story. But if I'm flexible, I'm like, you know, I got to, my mission is to make people comfortable yeah. because that's the only way they give you 100%. And I deal with a lot of musicians and my musicians are amazing and I love them dearly and they give me 100% because I make them feel so comfortable that they want to give me 100%. You know, wanting something is so much valuable, the mandatory Definitely. You know, you have to do this. Uh, okay, I'll do it. Okay, I'll give you freedom. I, you know, that's what I learned from, from Miles Davis. He, you know, such a controversial artist. And when I encounter not only Benny, but many other musicians who work with, uh, with, with Miles, they adore him to the bone. They, none of them have anything to say about beautiful words about him like they adore him as much as i adore him because when i grew up i listened to miles so much and i really adore the man and unfortunately he died before i was able to meet him but other people tell me like how much they adore being with him and working with him and, and being their friends and and having miles around and 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 he was flat out the master of making you feel so comfortable that you will give him 120%. Awesome, man. 120 You want to give it again. You want to give it tomorrow. You want to give it to him every night. And that's what the musicians that were playing with him were saying? Absolutely. And that's how the music comes out like. You know, that everything he did... People give 100% and you can hear it in the albums or watch it on YouTube or whatever. That, that it, was, it was a family of, of people like, like disciples of Miles. That's what I'm trying to, to come to the point that he, he became a mentor of all these people. 
that were able to manifest Miles' vision, but they weren't able to embrace that attitude if it wasn't for miles to bring that platform forward right definitely and it's great mentor to have too definitely being one of the greats now i I know we got a little sidetracked but (laughs) rolling back to get back on track here so you can get about your evening um what is it that you do to uh, promote (laughs) yourself musically right or otherwise to get in films yeah well uh, there's many things and uh and uh, because new things keep popping up uh people think that you have to choose between one and the other but what i do instead is i embrace i, I embrace more i go like oh now instagram okay let's embrace instagram as a promotional tool so i do social media i do emailing i do the old school posters okay. i call people on the phone <laughs> I love to place posters. I love to give people flyers and and watch at their faces when I give them a, a you know because I'm constantly promoting. Yeah. I always have something to talk about. Like for example, I am putting together with a bunch of other people in LA. We're putting together the Klezmer Arts Institute of LA. Oh, very cool. Yeah, because Klezmer is for me a platform where I want to gather. You know, in LA. It's not like in the East Coast with people, uh, you know, uh, crash to each other in bars or uh, on the streets and stuff. In L.A., you need to uh, create events so people come. They know the time. They know uh, what we're going to do. They even know what we're going to drink. They even know what everybody's going to wear. But we come and we nosh and we gather together and we schmooze. We play music. We sing some Yiddish songs. I explain the ABC of music in terms of uh, klezmer, which is teaching them some rhythms and modes and stuff like that. Then we play some music. Then we go into uh, something more improvisational. But the whole thing behind it is heavily social because we want to be arrowhead in a cultural movement and embrace and and go out and 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 invite people or all 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 ethnicity ethnicities. Uh, to uh, to share and to learn klezmer as they did in the past yeah. with jazz and with blues and with rock and roll. You know, I'm writing also high school and college programming, so I can I can provide to colleges and high schools with with uh, with klezmer yeah. programs, so they can put together programs, and it's amazing. That is amazing, man. You sound super busy, and that is uh, that's a good problem to have. <laughs> I am not waiting for people to call me. That's for sure. You know, even Bramford, Bramford said to me, don't call them. They will offer you yes. nothing. My thing is no one knows me. I wish I can be Bramford Marsalis or somebody else's name or have an agent to promote me. Uh, those things are vanished in today's life. You know, if somebody wants a booking agent or a, or a manager, you know, it's going to have to happen out of a miracle or out of like, you know, uh, getting your face in a movie and then promoting yourself as an artist or as a musician because, uh, you know, celebrity overrules everything else. So you have to become a celebrity for people to ask you instead of someone else. And my part of dealing with celebrity is that the minute they will think about me, they will think about the whole background I have and the whole music experience and the whole jewish music thing so i can bring that along which is is really paying off because uh it's been 
it's been allowing me to open up a lot of doors that otherwise would have been shut forever. Man, the promotion and getting your name out there, and it sounds like you're doing a great job of it. Well, it's never enough, you know, but, but when you go in, make a banner with the name of the band. So when you have a show, you put the banner. Why? Because people take pictures, they make videos. So they know who you are. They don't have to put underneath. This is the Klesmer Juice Man. You have to think about, like, you know, what's going on now. People have a tremendous, powerful uh, tool in their hands. It's called a cell phone that they can even do live yes. broadcasting. So there's always somebody listening. Always. And if there's nobody listening because there are three drunk people in the in the audience and you go with your own phone, you log into your own Facebook and you do your own live event and you broadcast live your own event and stop complaining that uh, no one else is doing uh, because you got to wipe your own ass. <laughs> so if you don't wipe your own ass, your ass will be dirty forever. <laughs> so, you know. If nobody's Facebook live broadcasting your show, you go do your own your own phone go. or bring your old uh, iPad. But there's no excuse. I mean, when we really get excuses out of the equation, it's like getting time out of the equation. When you put time away, everything is wonderful. But when you add time to the equation, everything ends up being in zero or disappointment. Wow. Yes. Yes. And. Uh... Yes, I, I I love the wipe your own ass analogy. I just have to say that you don't want your ass to be dirty forever. Now, um, I know you have shared a lot of highlights with us so far, from the House of Blues to uh, Eltono Jano <laughs> and all that good stuff. But is there a highlight that you care to share that you maybe haven't shared on the show yet? Yeah, the happiest day of my life was the day I realized I really wanted to be a musician and everything else became secondary. So I was able to go to school, go to college, go to medical school, go to psychology, put up with everything else, leave my homeland, you know, away from yeah. everything. Because I know that I, I'm in love with what I do. And uh, it's not a privilege, it's a big responsibility. You know, it is, it's, it's, a, it's not a burden, it's a gift, but you got to run with it. You know, when they give you the torch, the Olympic torch, you got to run. You cannot walk. Yeah. You got to run. So I realized I wanted to run with this torch and, and run forever. Do you remember the day that you realized you wanted to be a musician? Do you remember, like, was there an exact moment where you're like, I want to be a musician forever? Or was it like a gradual process? It wasn't. It went from I wanted to be to that I am. And I discovered that I had no, uh, no input in my life. But my life was teaching me how to, first and foremost, how to listen. I was very grateful to encounter the gift of dropping the gas and listen. People don't listen. I wasn't listening. I was so stubborn that my whole childhood went from 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 wrong, uh, you know, close-minded, you know, statements to not really be able to listen to this, the break the myths and 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 build my own thing. So through traveling and, and, and living life, I became a stronger person and that gave me the strength to 
listen to myself. Wow. Yeah, you definitely. Know? They listen to my, the moment that I listen to myself with a loud voice, uh, I challenge everything else. I realized I was go I was walking in the right wrong direction. I needed to start walking the in the right direction. And to so strongly that all the resistance that I faced, I was able to ad adapt to it instead of fighting. Because the, 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 I couldn't understand fight. why are we fighting? Because I want to be a musician. There's no, there's already hard. Yeah. It's already tough. It's already challenging. Why putting more challenge, more, more weight on the cart? You know, if, if you cannot help or support, get out of the way. When you're ready to support, get in, in the picture. But as long as you cannot support, get out of the way. Then, then the wise people I, 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 I follow became not so wise and other people became okay. wiser. And my voice matched the growth I wanted to experience and to feel and to understand that it's important for me to feel that I'm growing, but it's also important for other people to reflect that on you in trust and in pride and in, in opportunities and in, in good things that come to you, you know? And, and, and that is, is to every single one who's listening to me. You don't have to be old, you don't have to be young. Listen to yourself really loudly okay. because you're in constant motion. You're constantly changing. The only constant thing in your life is change. What you think is good today, in a minute will be not good, and so forth. So embrace change, embrace that change in you because the change you experience goes either to growth or goes either to the other side. Yeah, yeah, man. Like there's just so much in this interview. Normally there's like one or two like things where I'm like thinking, okay, I could name the show this or name the show that or like, uh, you know, there's this quote here that I want to highlight. But in this interview, it's just like so much you're bringing to the table and I really appreciate it, man. I appreciate it a, a, a million times. I totally do. I, I you know, I, I think that a conversation in this time and age is a million people together. It's not just yeah. you and me. I represent my million. You represent your own your own million. And and the fact that we can connect and talk in this medium is encouraging. So my my real intention is to encourage you. And I think that because you are you are saying such beautiful words, uh, I think I I really came to the to the right shore. Yes. You know, I was able to encourage you to not only entertain you but really put something in you that it will grow like a tree. It will be you know a little seed that will grow in you, and you will remember me for a long time as a good friend who planted a good seed. Uh, and 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 it's up to you to go and water it and love it and make it your own and. And show it to the world how your beautiful tree yes. is growing and never be ashamed of it. The Gustavo tree. The Gustavo tree is the Aaron <laughs> tree because it's not the most profound thing is to be able to pass this to someone else. Most of the things I'm saying to you is not things that I came up with. It's things that I being able to share with other people, you know, being able to, you know, I learn English 
to be able to incorporate more wisdom to my life, not to like do nothing or, cor or you know, to choose what yeah. to do with it, to empower my, you know, these are tools for empowerment. You know, we need to understand that uh, people love it and say whatever, the darkness, the brightness, it's all tools for empowerment. Definitely, right? man. The same knife that cuts the, the beef cuts your own throat. <laughs> It, it's so true, though. It's so true. All right, man. So I got two more questions for you. All right. I got two more Go questions. For this next one. Um, what do you want people who come see you or Klezmer Juice perform to remember and take away from your performance? Firstly, they just want to really to have fun with no boundaries. I don't want them to think. I want them to feel. I want them to respond. And I want them to have a good time. I want them to live in a higher spirit that they came. That's awesome. That's kind of what you should go to, like, want people to take away, you know, in a way. Like, come from, from the sounding of what you've talked about, it sounds like something that I would almost expect from you, that you want them to leave better than when they came because you want to continue to give. I want them to survive. And, you know, there's two situations in life. You can be in a development mode or you can be in survival mode. And most of us are in survival mode. So uh, knowing that the very people have the means to keep developing and most of us have the means to survive. Uh, let's say I play for a retirement home or for uh, old folks. You know, I play for a, for a, a, an event called Cafe Europa, which is the, the survivors of the Holocaust. And all these people are, are, are really old, right? Are getting older and older. But when they come and they immerse in this pool of klezmer music, they become young again. Not only young in age, they become happily young. And when I finish, I see them smiling I see them happy. I see them uh, gaining strength uh, through happiness. And I see them more beautiful towards each other. And what I see the most is that they come and they kiss me and they tell me how much this music means to them. And they are able to, to release more energy that they wanted to release. And I always joke with them. And I said, well, when I came over here, I see nothing but old folks. <laughs> but now I see teenagers completely out of control. And they love to hear that. <laughs> because it's just the magic of the performance. And everybody wants to feel uh, that you belong to the performance. It's not the band and you. It's all together. So this togetherness, I made it my motto in my life. I can conduct this uh, and I'm responsible for creating this and I'm responsible for gearing from one short to the other. So that's what I do. And if I'm good enough and serious enough and honest enough and lucky enough and fortunate enough, I'll make it to the day I die. There you go. And I have that one final question for you. Before I get to that question, though, where can people find you on the Internet? What's your corner of the World Wide Web? Klezmerjuice.net. All right. And any social media handles you want to throw out if they want to? 
Yeah, Facebook, go to Klezmer Jews, which is it's called like K-L-E-Z-M-E-R. And juice as an as an orange juice, which is J U I C E, which means nothing. But at <laughs> the time when I wanted to create a band, I went to Amoeba Music, and I wanted to be right behind the Klezmatics. So I had to make up a name that will be right behind. So I asked the manager of uh, of the of the uh, of Amoeba, which will be the 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 name of a band that will be right behind Klezmatics, and she said. Something like Klezmer. And I said, what about Klezmer juice? Perfect. <laughs> and I was like, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> Klezmer juice. I'm right behind the Klezmatic. There you go, man. That's planning right there. That's planning right there. So I, <laughs> as, as I said, I got one final question for you. And I appreciate you talking with me for what's been like two hours now. I know, wow. I know, but it's been a blast. It's been a blast, and I absolutely <laughs> man. and uh, get you answering it. All right, so uh, it's time for that final question, the title question of the show, Gustavo. Uh, Gustavo. So, Gustavo Bulgach, how do you live uncontained? I see myself uh, and what I do as an iceberg. Um, you know, 10% of what I do shows in the surface and 90% of what I do is underwater, meaning the underwater is the most important part. And you have to be really dedicated in terms of self-discipline. Uh, the only thing that will get you from here to whatever you want to go is to gain the trust of other people. But firstly, you have to gain your own trust. And by gaining your own trust, I mean that 90% of the under the water iceberg is uh, your homework, your dedication, your uh, extra hour of practice, your striving for best, your uh, I had a bad night, and be really sincere with yourself uh, in terms of like, did you suck or someone else sucked? And if someone else sucked, is it worth it to stay with it or is it worth the risk to achieve yeah. greatness? Uh, so the, the greatness is, is, you know, you never have a bad thing because everything will be kind of like a pieces of a puzzle that you don't know where the next piece will come from. And, you know, when you put to, together a puzzle, you grab a piece randomly and you don't even know what, what that piece belongs in the beginning. But when the puzzle is all done, every piece is equally important. So to put the puzzle together some people try start by putting the frame, which is the easiest part, because you know you yeah. put the frame, and then you start filling up the inside. Some other people put the easiest ideas, like a face or like a house. So you see, everyone is different, but the idea is to put this puzzle together with pieces that we think we know who, who they. So the guidance for everyone is be serious. Be really serious. The manifestation of that seriousness will come out of your skin. But serious doesn't mean being angry or being unfriendly or being close-minded or close-hearted. It's the opposite. Serious people are the most fun people, are the most beautiful people, are the most gifted people, and are the people who have no restraint in yeah. giving it to you. Why? Because the idea behind this is to enlighten you 
not to keep that shit for myself, is to enlighten. You have to have this idea in your mind. If he can do it, I can do it too. Gustavo, would you do me the honor of signing off the show tonight? Of course, Aaron. This is Gustavo Bulgach, and I live uncontained. And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and thank you once again to Gustavo Bulgach talking with me via Squadcast. Yes, I uh, record this episode over Squadcast.fm, and uh, and the guys there really took care of me, making sure this uh, episode sounded as good as it did so thank you to the guys at squadcast and please subscribe if you enjoyed this episode to uncontained and uh, recommend it to a friend and then make flyers and put them all around town and well okay i'll i'll settle for a subscription and a referral but uh that would be awesome help the show grow help people find the show and stuff like that Yes, stuff like that. So, next week, I will have part three of Gustav. No, I'm just kidding. I'll have a brand new guest for you. And uh, that's... No, I'm just kidding. I'll have a brand new guest for you. And until next time, live uncontained.